Welcome to Wrestling And. It's been a few weeks, guys, and we're excited to have you here. Today, we are going to talk about Wrestling And ring of honor but a little more specifically here we usually do a full deep dive into the history we aren't going to do all that with this topic because ring of honor in is in the news for a different reason than uh its history or maybe it is because of its history but we're going to talk about a lot of stuff pertaining to the recent purchase of ring of honor by none other than mr tony khan himself it was huge news on wednesday and everyone's interested in what tony khan will do with this kind of partially defunct promotion. Um, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about a bunch of other stuff. We're going to have some revolution predictions, the New Japan Cup, Vince McMahon interview, some other interviews, some news, and all that good stuff. Before before we get into it, let's say hi to Mr. In-Ring Art, at In-Ring Art, Justin. How are you, Justin? I'm doing well. I can't keep up with all this stuff that's going on right now, though. There's a lot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like the modern world of wrestling. There's the internet. There's constant news. Like, there's new matches constantly every week. Oh, you did you miss this match from Europe? You know? Yeah, it's, it's just nuts, but it's good. Whatever you can get, you watch and you enjoy, I guess. It's a little bit easier for a single guy than a family man, I'll tell you that. And I know that from experience. Yeah, that's probably true. So, um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. What, what do you What do you think about this? This uh, Tony Khan buys Ring of Honor, as the headlines say. Did you watch the announcement live? I did. I did, and I I have to say I wasn't really expecting that. Um, I was expecting more of maybe a Super So announcement or something to that effect with New New Japan or. Uh, Something like that, I guess, would have been gun to my head what I was guessing. But there's a lot of different directions that they can go with this. Um, Ring of Honor has a lot of archive footage that I'm actually kind of surprised that WWE didn't try and secure. Because um, a lot of the WWE talent has a lot of archives that they could use for a lot of their, um, you know, programming and and DVD, well, they don't do DVDs anymore, but you know what I mean, documentaries. I bet you they were dying to have that footage. And if you watch, like, uh, you know, for example, the CM Punk uh, DVD they did a few years ago or whatever, years ago, that had Ring of Honor footage on it now. So, mm-hmm. in a way, it kind of does shut off, um, block WWE from getting that library. Um, and the library is a big thing, I think. Um, he can also relaunch the promotion, and I think he will in some form get that going again. Um, and just, you know, hopefully he hires some creative help to help him with that. And, you know, maybe this is where someone like R- William Regal can step in and help or something like that. And Yeah. Um, he's been signing all this talent, and now he's got another place that they can do stuff and just keeps more people with jobs. Well, so that that I, I heard you say that, and I I, I kind of wanted wanted to clarify there that no one is is working for Ring of Honor right now, right? But it it allows that's the thing I didn't know they defuncted all the contracts. Yeah, this isn't like it's like when they bought WCW, he bought the intellectual property. Um, that's my understanding. Right? Yeah, because like I, I, like what we know is so far is that like yeah he he's not. 
hiring any or continuing contracts. He's not, you know, hiring Ian Riccoboni, the announcer back or anything right. like that right now because those people are not contracted. Um, so, um, but in the case that the promotion does do stuff, and I think they have a show coming up actually, um, Supercard well, of Honor. He, 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 you know, he bought a building that he can put some people in. Yeah, yeah. If he decides to revive it or if he... I mean, look, you know, I, I do think at some point uh, TNT, TBS is going to demand more programming out of them. Um, and if they do, he's got something that he can give them. Well, I, but but honestly, though, would you ever uh, give more programming to TBS or TNT under the Ring of Honor name? That seems like a huge mistake, in well, my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I guess if you did it like a Saturday night show that's Ring of Honor or whatever, but maybe they'll make it a developmental territory. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I mean... You, you have AEW Dark. Maybe you can just convert that into Ring of Honor. Um, you know, there's a lot of things you can do with it. But I think the number one thing is... With all that archives, with legendary matches that, you know, people have talked about as this as this underground promotion that it was, and, and the punk rock promotion it kind of was, uh, we're talking about a lot of stuff that he can maybe entice a streaming service to take on. And Ring of Honor has, the, has a streaming service, right, already? The Honor Club. The Honor Club, um, maybe, see, this is the thing where I don't know what he works out with TNT, TBS, but if there's a way to get some AEW footage onto that existing streaming service, um, I don't know. I mean, I think he's got something armed, like he could go to an HBO Max, he can go to a, a Hulu or, you know, I'm looking at Tubi or something like that and say, hey, I have X amount of hours of footage. I have 15 years of footage from this company. I have everything from AEW. Um, let's get something going and get a streaming service going. Because I think at some point, they're going to have to. Because uh, the $50 a pay-per-view model, although it's only three or four times, five times a year with them, eventually it's going to fall off. Why do, you, why do you think that's the case? Because UFC, UFC's been doing even more expensive pay-per-views and selling more pay-per-views year after year. Same thing with boxing. Is it, boxing because, really? if, is it because WWE has kind of ruined the idea of pay-per-views and now we feel like they're not worth as much anymore? I just think that people know how to pirate them now. Well, people know how to pirate UFC, though. And again, they're doing yeah, they're doing awesome. I don't... Ah, come on. They can't be. I mean, who the hell is even... Is UFC we're even talking that big like right mil now? Yeah, they're bigger than WWE. Well, I know that, but that's... Yeah, we're not, talking not, millions of buys for when Conor McGregor's on their show. Charging. Yeah, but when's the last time he fought? But, I mean, there's other guys like Masvidal, too. I mean, they're they're doing good. How often do they fight, though? Like, every month they do They have, a, like, UFC, a monthly right? pay-per-view. Now, not everyone is huge, but, I mean, they sell them for, what, like, $70? And you have to have a uh, Fight Pass subscription, or, excuse me, an ESPN Plus subscription. So, uh, so you have to pay $70 and have and ESPN And have Plus? the ESPN Plus, yeah. So... Wow. That that blows me away because I I don't really know I know people that watch them but I don't know anyone that's shelling out seventy dollars for those things. And then if you're a bar, it, it, you have to pay even be, more. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe a lot of sports bars and stuff get them, but no, I think 
they're going to look... I think that, you know, a streaming service, at least with archive stuff, and maybe, you know, you get Dynamite a week later, or the pay-per-view goes there two weeks after, and you pay 10 bucks a month. I think they're going to... Or they could just do... It's like, would you rather have a bunch of people pirate it, or, you know, have someone pay $10 a month? I can't hear you. I don't know necessarily because I can't really see into their metrics, right? Like you have to look at how much, how what their numbers are, uh, because I I kind of like the idea of making a pay per view like this more valuable thing. Uh, I I, I kind of like that idea from a business perspective. I mean, now as a consumer, yeah, I'd love to pay ten dollars a month, but at the same time, like there's something kind of cool about this. $50 gate that's like yeah me and a couple friends have to get together to watch it it's it, it kind of you know makes what, it though? a little more valuable something just occurred to me too though think about this when WWE had the network going now it's what five or six bucks a month to have Peacock yeah but WWE is asking you to pay ten dollars a month but AEW is asking you to pay fifty dollars every three or four months so maybe it's pretty much the same thing in a way I guess when you think of it that way, it is kind of true. Now, you get a pay-per-view every month with WWE, but... in One plus you have access to their archives yeah. and whatnot. So, um, maybe in a way he bought it to keep it away from WWE. Yeah. So, well, get, getting back into that Ring of Honor thing, I, I, I yeah. honestly think that branding almost anything with ring of honor would not be a good idea um now if you said like house shows stuff like that or developmental i could kind of understand that a little more um but aew is so much more of a valuable and and catchy brand than ring of honor i mean new japan is a better name than ring of honor uh, ring of honor hasn't really been what you would say relevant in a couple years I, i'd say since like 2016 in my eyes so why do you why do you think he bought it i, I think it's kind of like you said i think it's that uh that tape library man you know yeah um now you got to think what other things is he getting right he gets probably a few wrestling rings right i mean <laughs> Uh, you the physical stuff. I guess that could be important. Maybe production equipment. I don't know if that belongs to uh, the former company that owned them or if it, you know. But I think the tape library is huge because you can you can like do the backgrounds of all these wrestlers now that used to be in Ring of Honor and a ton of wrestlers yeah. used to be in Ring of Honor. So now I will say this: we don't know how much he paid, do we? Don't know how much you paid, so we don't know if he got a steal or if he overpaid. It's a rich guy that has the money, and if he he can probably afford to lose a little bit on it. So he's just got a new toy. And if he wants to revitalize the promotion, um, I'm sure a lot of people will be on board for that. I mean, how many people that were in Ring of Honor right now I mean, what are the prize people? Like the Briscoes, um, Bandito. Yeah, Marty Skrull. Or excuse me, not him because he's not in Ring yeah, of Honor. Um, no. Like he's in that change your narrative or something maybe. Yeah, no, sorry. I meant Matt Taven, um, the Kingdom right. kind of group. Um, 
So, yeah, there's actually a lot of them. Cheeseburger, the Beer City Bruiser. There's uh, a handful of talents that are still somewhat attached to it, right? Yeah. There's champions. Um, Diana Perazzo is champion. Right. I mean, maybe he makes it like some kind of indie style promotion that just tours like a GCW or something. I don't know. Which it kind of was towards the end anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I just... I just think like, why would you call that? Why wouldn't you just call that AEW? You know, but if yeah, he wants I'd, to set I'd it apart, a, my my friend messaged me about it. What what is with this Ring of Honor thing? Really, he didn't know much about what Ring of Honor was, and I said, well, it was this promotion that a lot of guys in AEW, New Japan, and WWE went through in the in the early zeros to the mid zeros to the it was when his heyday was about the mid zeros, and um. You know, it's a lot of archive footage. He's buying the intellectual property. He's not actually buying a functioning, full-going promotion that would merge with AEW. He's yeah. buying intellectual property and archive footage, which he can use to take to a streaming service at some point. I mean, that's step one. You can always sell that stuff somehow. And I think he has the Honor Club now and that whole digital... That whole online platform, platform. yeah. So yeah, he has an already built out online platform that maybe at some, see this is where I don't know what he has going with TBS TNT, where maybe he can start putting some AEW stuff on it. Yeah, and I was wondering that as well. But you could easily change the name of Honor Club to AEW World or whatever. You already have a bunch of subscribers, and you're yeah. gonna get a bunch of new subscribers. You put. Say you put dynamites there a week later, and then dark and and dark the other dark just go on there right away, or are live on there. You know, shit, you could put them live on there. So uh, that seems like a real valuable proposal to me. You know, would you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but I mean, at what point? What do you think is more valuable? Would it be impact at this point, or? Because, you know, you already have a little bit of crossover with Impact and AEW. Um, we really weren't getting any, per se, with Ring of Honor when it was existing with AEW, were we? Well, no, Except because for... they were only really, uh, you know, Ring of Honor, like, legitimately shut down during the pandemic and kept paying its guys. So, I mean, but before that, no, there was no crossover. Ring of Honor was working with New Japan quite a bit in 2015 right. to 2000 whatever and that was their main you know partner and i just want to add that uh, what i've heard is that the quote-unquote heyday of ring of honor was actually when the young bucks and aj styles were there in like i was just thinking of that samoa joe cm punk yeah Daniel brian the brian danielson era nigel mcginnis yeah i guess you i i guess they they had like multiple different you know "Quote unquote heydays, right? I mean, but I do, yeah. I, I do believe that their biggest sales were um, during kind right. of the New Japan crossover. I mean, their biggest show ever was the Madison Square Garden show, but the co-branded show, and mm -hmm. that's not many. That's not they're not we're not too many years removed from that, and they were really America's um, kind of uh, introduction to the Bullet Club, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, all sorts of stuff. I remember actually. I remember seeing Evil's debut at a Ring of Honor show, like on a baseball field. That's when Evil debuted as Evil instead of uh, Watanabe. 
So, yeah, there was, like, uh, Omega wrestled there, AJ Styles wrestled there, the Young Bucks, um, so, but, but, you know, that, you know, it's cool because you, you, another thing is you always have that, that, those old videos on hand, so now you want to do a road to, or whatever, or what do they call it, road to, I, I don't, I'm getting my shows mixed up, but if they do a road to revolution, and they want to talk about CM Punk, okay, now on those, those uh, promo videos, we're going to see him, you know, cutting promos in 2005, or whatnot, so. Well, let's say you sign Samoa Joe, and you have a CM, CM Punk Samoa Joe. Yeah. Uh, match or whatever or program then you have all that archive footage that you can throw on with no questions asked i guess um that's a very specific example of what they could do with it but he but, can do they can do that with all sorts of situations so you know but my 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 theory is he got it on the cheap and i bet yeah, he did he, and he probably doesn't know exactly what he's going to do with it yet he probably has a lot of ideas because i think tony khan is brain moves a mile a minute He's got, but he. There's nothing that he. He has a lot of ideas, but nothing he's committed to doing with it just yet. Yeah, that's my. I, I, and guess. I think I agree with that. We'll see how it plays out. You know, he could always do Ring of Honor shows rebranded as AEW shows, just like he does W uh, NWA or WCW Battle of the Belts, right? And yeah. so you could always see a Supercard AEW's Supercard of Honor. Um, so, and another, you know, a great idea I heard, and I think you might like this too, is you can do instead of the pay-per-views, you know, they have four pay-per-views, you can do a big time show. You can do two hours on the honor club and one hour on TBS or something like that. So you have a full three hour show. Of course, of course it would be called AEW world or whatnot. That's, that's the, uh, working title, but yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing too, is everything's already uploaded to that platform so it's not like you can have someone go in and build you an online streaming service platform probably pretty cheap but the fact that everything's already uploaded and all that it's just like just sign into that one and hey you would think you would think it'd be easy and cheap but wwe has been fucking up for years i mean dude uh, before the like, there was issues with the WWE Network forever, and then they, like, changed their platform, and there were new issues. Then they went to Peacock, and now it's harder to well, find stuff. That's so. because they started with a bunch of footage sitting in a warehouse that they had to get onto the system originally, Yeah. right? And then, for whatever reason, when they went to Peacock, they had to re-upload everything again instead of just... I don't know why there wasn't a simple conversion to get that done. I, I'm not. I'd have no idea how these things work. Um, but you'd think there'd just be a streamlined way to do it. But I guess there isn't. But you know, they literally had to start with archive footage that's just sitting in their warehouse with. Yeah. Just. I mean, just all these. Of yeah, hours worth yeah, of stuff. all these shows from way back in the day. Hey. And. I was gonna say maybe to next Tony Khan will buy uh, Dave Meltzer's garage. You know. That, and go. then make that into a streaming platform, and then Matt 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 McCarthy or Matt Matt McCarthy, Matt McCarthy yeah. will be very happy, right? Oh, absolutely. He just wants that, you know, preserved and saved. And who can blame him? There's probably a lot of good stuff in there that people haven't seen in. Well, you years. remember when there was that Bret Hart video that was like long lost, Bret Hart versus yeah. McGee, and I think like yeah, Tommy Meltzer was always like, "No, it's it's somewhere in my garage." <laughs> like it's like yeah, go it's look like, for hey, it motherfucker yeah seriously 
Um, you'd think he would want to find that and do something with it. He was it. like, no, I'm busy writing. So, uh, yeah, it, this is an interesting thing, man. It's an interesting situation. It's not what we expected. My rumor that I heard to you and I told you was that they made an HBO Max deal. Um, and that was the rumors coming from WWE talent. So Can I tell you something, though, like after hearing that? Mm-hmm. It sounds awesome and I'd be all over it, but why would HBO Max want that? Well, any streaming platform wants new content to drive new customers. I mean, that's sim- uh, yeah. that's as it's simple I as that. So. And HBO Max is starting to be a leading. Well, it's nothing compared to Netflix or Disney Plus, but it's definitely doing a lot better than Peacock. Um, it's a well, Peacock is terrible. I mean, uh, Peacock does kind of suck. Law and Order, though, that's good. Well, no, I got The Office, but I'm I'm just saying like. We watch a lot of Peacock because we were just started watching The Office because our kids are kind of watching it again. Mm-hmm. But like, I'll play an episode and I watch it on my PlayStation Four in our bedroom, which I you know, at least they have, have an app, right? Internet signal. I watch Tubi a lot because they have a lot of British TV I like to watch, and I never have any. I watch Netflix on it. Mm-hmm. I watch Hulu and Tubi, which is free. And I watch stuff on there. I never have any freezes or skips or anything. Mm. I watch an episode and a half out of Office, 10 minutes of The Office, and it freezes. And I have to quit. It happens all the time. And it's really with Peacock. Yeah. Um, so Peacock, there's something wrong with their service. I, I, I haven't had those issues, but I don't use it on a PS4. So um, usually it works okay on my phone. I just think their content is just the most random shit like and most of the stuff is on Netflix anyways so uh. well at least they they have like all the Harry Potters but so does HBO Max um but HBO is always going to have their original program that people Well like, dude and that and, that original program is so good like if it yeah. was just the original programming I'd probably still buy HBO Max just to watch Curb Your Enthusiasm and Oz and and and, and the wire the wire and, and the, sopranos. the sopranos yeah yeah so I mean that they have just the biggest heavy lifters um that is enough to draw people. I mean and they have all the Harry Potters too and all that stuff. Um but what is the Time Warner? Is that still on TBS? Um no it Okay, now I don't remember, dude, cuz I was just looking this stuff up recently. Cuz I'm like what's the parent company of Time Warner and what streaming services yeah, attached so to them? Yeah, so TBS is owned by HBO. Um, and HBO so, is owned by yeah Warner Media. Yep, Warner Media. So, so HBO would be their streaming service, or would it be that CBS, um, whatever they have? Uh, yeah, what a clusterfuck, huh? No, See, seriously, t- because t- um. How deep into the weeds are we going with this? But it's, it is interesting to break down. I mean, listen, like, you know, WWE went to Peacock, which is Universal, but Universal does own USA Network, right? Mm-hmm. So somehow they went to a property of their... So maybe this is just something that gets them... This purchase just makes them look better for that parent company. Um, yeah. They do also have a show on Fox, though, which is a different... Uh, different thing, but yeah, it is WWE. Yeah, it is a little confusing because there's so many subsidiaries of companies, and then the subsidiaries are buying other companies, and then the big, you know, um, and and they're all co- like CW is owned by CBS and Warner, so it's like, what do you do there? Uh, 
So it is a little bit confusing of a net, but it it is a good question. Um, thing is, though, I think that any content, like no matter who makes it or whatnot, like if it's for sale, you know, I think it's just for sale. Now, you'll get better deals if you go with someone in-house, but I mean, I, I think that it's generally up for grabs, uh, I think, um, unless it's in the contract that it's not. Certain places can't get it, so... Well, AEW definitely has a way to go before they develop what I guess you can call nostalgia content. Yeah, that's true. So yep. They got four or five years now, to go before people are like, oh my God, could you remember that match from 2008? Well, hang, hang on. They own All In now. So they do have those. And that is a big one. All In is totally part of AEW's history. So, right. And that's a big one, too, to own All In. So, I mean... It, but it only matters if you can get money from it, if you can sell it. If you're just going to own it and do nothing with it, it doesn't matter at all. So It just beefs up his resume. It's, it, he went to the local community college and picked up a certificate or an <laughs> AA degree that just makes his resume look a little stronger. And you know, and plus, you know, hey, man, if you had that kind of money, too, maybe you'd say, hey, I'm going to buy Ring of Honor. Let's see what happens. Why not? I know. He, like you said, he probably got a deal on it. It's not even like an active, really much of a company. So it must have been cheap. We're not talking about Activision being bought by Microsoft here, you know? No, it was, I would, I would probably compare it to a, a similar deal that, you know, Vince McMahon got for buying WCW back in what, 2001 or 2002? Yeah, which I heard he bought it for so little. It was like the stupidest price ever. It was like $2 million or something. Yeah. Or maybe, I don't know. Well, but yeah, you know what we'll have? We'll have AEW, we'll get really launch. I mean, ROH. And you'll have Shane McMahon do a simulcast <laughs> saying that he really bought it. No, they already said that Shane's not there, remember? I know. So. No, Shane's not in AEW, right? Yeah, well, he said Shane's not here. Shane's not here. Um, Yeah, I was just looking at some other stuff. Okay, All In is in the Ring of Honor library, yep. So. So the... So that there you go. So the bottom line is he's bought the library, intellectual property, a couple of rings, uh, maybe some championship belts that he can do something with. Maybe he can have some kind of unification tournament, um, and just another place where if he launches a brand that people can work. And he has been signing a lot of people lately, right? Tony Khan has been you know mm -hmm. giving out a lot of contracts. So there you go. You can. You got a piece of toast that you can spread the butter a little thinner on, a little bigger piece of toast now. There you go. Oh, that kind of made me yeah. hungry by you saying that just now. But <laughs> Toast time. <laughs> no, but I, I agree, man. So I guess it's one of those things we can sit and talk about it all day, but what we're yeah. really only going to find out about it in the near future or maybe in the long future, obviously. Tony Khan is uh, worried about revolution right now. And we'll find out what this is all going to turn into eventually and what's going on in that madman's head. Now, I'll say this. He, he was kind of funny on the mic. Did, did you, you know, what did you think about him on the mic? Because, you know, he's not a natural wrestling <laughs> promo guy. No, I mean, he's like if you give one of us the mic. I mean, he's, you know, he's not a natural, like... I think I'm better than ...entertainer him. and speaker. But, it was just kind know. of funny. You could tell a wrestler told him, like, all right, yell really loud, 
and act excited. Yeah, he was just he was just having fun. That's how you'd expect like the owner of a company that doesn't have any experience doing what the company does. Uh, yeah, like Steve That's Ballmer exactly from how you act and act. So yeah, I don't expect him to be taking promo lessons or anything like that. Like he's he should be like that. He should be kind of. I think he's exactly how the owner of that type of company should be. He should act look like he doesn't really belong there because. He doesn't want to be in that mix. So, at so all. you think Vince McMahon was a special case then? He was a play by by a play by play announcer. But I mean, said. the dude was ripped too. Yes, but that yeah, of course that was a little bit of a different thing. But um, he was also just yeah. I mean, Tony Khan technically is the owner with the same role, but the whole way that came about because Vince didn't always want to be acknowledged as the owner. Mm. don't forget like Vince McMahon wasn't acknowledged on television as the owner of WWE or WWF at the time until probably around the time of the Montreal Screwjob yeah when he kind of came out in the forefront and uh, yeah and that's a lot of years before that we're talking 12 13 years of it well but we we also you know. weren't weren't like part of the wrestling community in the same way back then because if we were we would have known 100% because the steroid yeah trials if you were reading that. the observer back then you would have known or if you were you know had you know had a subscription to the torch you probably knew or whatever but um the definite definite casual average fan did not know Vince McMahon yeah was the owner so Let's use this to segue right over to that. You you didn't have a chance to watch the uh, Vince McMahon interview by Pat McAfee. I saw some bits and pieces of it, but I I heard it was really good and and gave a, a pretty good insight into the company. It was really good, um, really good actually. It was like kind of weird at points. Like it seems like I heard he was giving a lot of softball questions to him, right? I don't think it was all that. He, I mean, he did ask him, like, some more serious stuff. But the one nice thing was that, like, Vince actually, like, acted like a normal dude. And he was cussing. Like, I remember he was talking about Brock Lesnar. He's like, yeah, he's fucking smart, man. So, you know, he dropped his guard, his professional guard, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the information in there was pretty wild. So, I mean... He talks a lot about like his old the the uh, territory days, right? And he was saying that like from when he put them all out of business. Yeah, yeah, it was exactly. And he was saying that like he had multiple hits on uh, attempts or or people that wanted to kill him, dude. Oh, of course, man. I mean, he put, he put them all out of business. So he was talking about Jim Ross was on. The shitter, I think he even said that, and he heard people come. Jim Ross heard these uh, guys come in, and they were talking about how, like they they knew people that could kill him and stuff. And Jim Ross stood on the toilet, like to hide his feet. And what year was that? Was that before Jim Ross was working with WWE? Yeah, that's when it happened. And then Jim Ross told Vince about it years later, and Vince oh. was like, "Well, thanks for telling me now." So <laughs> um, that that was pretty funny they they cut a little angle it's kind of cheesy they uh, offered pat mcafee a match at wrestlemania because pat mcafee is just so cheesy and plus like when i see a guy listen i'm not a stickler for professional appearance like i hate suits i hate ties i hate but collared shirts but i i and i'll keep going i'll keep going and tell you all the other 
dress shoes <laughs> I refuse to wear. Vans and Nikes are my dress shoes now, man. I, I'm just too old to to have to deal with that stuff. Um, but when I see a guy just standing at his desk doing interviews in a tank top. <laughs> he doesn't even sit down. He, like, stands. It's like, I do the standing desk. It's You know, it's I think it's like ADHD. He stands and sits and stands and acts really energetic. Yeah, and I, I see why Vince likes that. And I, I, I love the enthusiasm that he has sometimes with Pat McAfee. Um, and just like whenever you see someone that's truly enjoying their job, it, it, it does make you maybe enjoy what they're doing more. Mm-hmm. But sometimes I just see it as like, this is just too much. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I'm not a regular fan of his show. I knew someone that was, though, uh, this hockey guy that I knew that was always watching his show. But it is kind of funny with the... Look, he's got a lot of crossover value. I mean, he gets a lot of legit sports stars and athletes and coaches on there um, that can you can get a creative crossover audience if the guy's involved in WWE. I understand why they use him. I'm not the hugest fan of him and all that, like I just kind of stated there. But his association with WWE, I think, can is is very helpful to them. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I do think his commentary can definitely go overboard, but I do like when he goes, my favorite quote of him, and I can't quote him directly, is still when he's like, him and John Moxley, they went around town and beat people's asses anyways um <laughs> when did he say that just a, i don't when like the shield kind of they were talking about the shield and whatever but oh. uh and he said moxley on there. yeah he did say mox he said mox Ooh. no I, I actually uh seth rollins mentioned mox as well recently mm. but um of course i did hear that of course um Who's the other announcer with him? I forget his name. Michael Cole. He he Michael will not Cole. say Moxley though. So, right, right. Dean Ambrose in yeah. the WWE. Um. <laughs> so no. So here was the the thing about the interview that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. It's like so Vince was talking about having to fire all these people and looking like a bad guy, right? And this was actually good advice. He was like, well, don't worry about looking like the bad guy. Like, just do your thing. Okay, I get that. That's not necessarily... Well, it's a typical boss thing. And Yeah, but, say, but yeah. what kind of bothered me is he was like, yeah, and ever since we became public, it's kind of cool because... Uh, and I'm paraphrasing this, I'm not quoting him, but he basically said, like, before I would have to worry, like, yeah, this person's uncle had cancer, and, you know, now it's basically everything I do is for the business. It's all business. So it's as if to say, like, hey, man, when we went public, it's cool, because now I don't have to worry about people's personal lives anymore. It seems like he felt more comfortable with making a business, quote-unquote, decision than having to think about i guess but well that's the thing it's like it's like you have i he the wwe has released and gotten rid of and fired for lack of a better term what a quarter of their talent half of their talent since the pandemic started with record profits with record profits more money than um, any wrestling company in the world. By yeah, far. I, mean, I, of course, and probably a lot of other entertainment companies and 
sports teams and all that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if he had still had all that talent on the roster, how much lower would their profits be? We don't know, right? Obviously, they would be lower. Not that much lower, but the thing is... But is, not that much and lower. Look, I, I question how I feel about the idea of going public in general with certain companies. That's not something we're going to get into, but I mean, the fact is, is when you do go public, you do have a responsibility to increase profits, and that is your sole responsibility. Even you have at the, to answer to the stockholders. Mm-hmm, even at the cost of things. And I think he was basically saying, yeah, like now my sole responsibility is profits. And so like, you know, that's always my go-to excuse. Like, hey, it's for the business. It's for money. And it's true. But, you know, maybe it's more of the stock market and, and the economy than him himself because he does have a responsibility to his shareholders. Um and maybe the, the it's a bigger issue than Vince McMahon, but it was kind of funny hearing him say like, "Yeah, you know, I I uh, I don't care as much about that stuff anymore because you know it's it's what's good for business." And he did talk about cutting people, you know, talked about all the recent cuts, and you know, he just said like, he basically said what's best for business. He takes a look at those people and he asks like, "Are they going to be movers down the road?" And, and uh, so. And I will say this. I know we, we were talking about Ricochet and all that, and apparently he has won the Intercontinental title tonight. What? Yes. Oh, wow. He, he, all, wait. But all in what seems to be a vehicle for to Sami Zayn? Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania. That's. Yeah, like the intercontinental intercontinental title means anything at all anymore, right? Well, there was a you know a rumor that he was going to make him the second babyface on SmackDown, so that's a start, I guess. Hmm. Let's look at this here. I'm trying to see Ricochet wins the intercontinental title from. Okay, I'm just checking this out real quick. Let's go to the end. So. Okay. Yes, live watch people. Well, I'll watch it later, but it looks like Ricochet goes up there. Big pop for Ricochet, I'll say that, man. Uh guess what? Ricochet is over. Big surprise. I mean, that was just a guy like once he gave him a prominent position, he was gonna get the support from the fans. Oh right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I mean, mean people would go you know, I don't know if he, you know, you know, beat Roman Reigns for the title or something like people would go nuts. Wow. I don't know how good that would be for business, but the the wrestling, the marks and all that, the smarks and all that would love it. Yeah. 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 No, that's, that's, that's awesome. Now, sorry. I'm like, I'm not talking cause I'm kind of in shock by that. That is so cool uh, that he did that. And then uh, going off from that angle we talked about earlier, Austin Theory tells Pat McAfee he will be facing him at WrestleMania. Big money match. Big fill money fill match. Two days. Big money match. Gotta fill there. two days. But you know what? I will say, like, Mac- uh, McAfee's uh, heel work he was doing in NXT was pretty good. Well, we'll um, see how he is as a baby face now. Was he in a War Games match, too? I don't remember, dude. Uh, I know he had some kind of match where his work wasn't bad. It was. They should just do McAvee and uh, and Bad Bunny at WrestleMania. There you go. That that might. 
be a little better. Sorry, I like this little uh, Russ, uh, SmackDown YouTube clip title. Sheamus and Ridge Holland destroy Biggie's ATV. So that's not very nice. No, but my question is also like, yeah, because you know Biggie brought his ATV to work to show off, as you do, right? I mean, yeah, you're sure. working, and actually, it'd probably help you get around the arena a little easier too. And they had to uh, go and destroy that. So, anyways, you see that WWE has a new show called Level Up. It's just does it have anything to do with uh, up, up, down, down? Nothing at all. No, it's just to, remember when Two Hundred Five Live stopped being about weights and any everything like that. No, is it still exist? Two Hundred Five. No, Live? no, they it's they shut it down. So, when what do you mean it wasn't like they, they didn't stopped? Have no, anymore? yeah, they just had women on it and freaking heavyweights and stuff. So it became like a main event. It became a main event. So now level up is like the next 205 live thing that they are doing. It's kind of funny looking at hmm. how amazing the Cruiserweight Classic is and how it turned into just Well, nothing. that was the mistake they made is they started filming it with like SmackDown and stuff and putting it in the same arena as they should have just made it a studio show in the in full sale. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, for I sure. I think 205 would have been really good if it just was a studio show. I, yeah, I agree. Actually, you know, those those tournaments they had in the past, I was even looking at the Mae Young Classic, and, like, a lot of those girls have gone on to really awesome stuff. So Yeah, and, well, the Cruiserweight Classic is incredible. Well, that one was nuts. Was it, was it Kota Ibushi, Cedric... Zack Sabre Jr. Zack Sabre Jr., Cedric Alexander, um, TJP, like... Yeah. Yeah. Grand Metalik. Grandma, what, and what's his name again? What's his name outside? Oh, Do you remember? In, oh man, I don't know. Uh, in New Japan now? Yeah. Or what he was in New Japan? You know, I, you know dude, when he used to be in New Japan, he was really, really awesome. And he wrestled in New Japan back in the day, in Japan. Um, right. So that, He's got some strong dates coming, I think. Okay. You gonna go watch Grand Metal You know, League? I gotta say this. I was looking at this that show in Texas, and they're gonna have... Mike Bailey and Jay White. That sounds awesome. I did see that as well. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. So we're, we have a lot of stuff coming up. Uh, WrestleMania weekend, and you can bet we will... Uh, we'll talk we, about we it can, we closer, Maybe sure. we'll end up doing a Sunday night show or something, and we'll cover, yeah. we'll cover everything during that week. Now, I know we might have to assign each other shows because you know uh -oh. what I mean? Like, you catch uh -oh. this show, and I'll get this show because there's going to be too much stuff for just both of us to watch everything so yeah. uh, but uh it's exciting uh i i guess yeah, i don't know his his other name Ma mascara dorada mascara dorada so okay so another podcast i heard today that uh I, I would say you have to listen to it but i'll tell you about it was uh the keith lee interview today did you hear news about that at all I, I heard something about that. I, that he said something like uh, Vince told him that his voice made him sound too smart for his own good or so something it, to that effect. It was the exact same thing as Brody, Brody Lee, right? Because Brody, uh, they said, they were like, yeah, you need to sound Southern and like angry. Right. And Brody's like basically said, like, I can't do a Southern accent. He's from New York, dude. And, yeah, from Rochester. And he actually has, like, a very calm demeanor to him. Um, so it's like, 
it, it just didn't fit him. And Chris Jericho brought up, you know, the best wrestling persona, and I think you would agree with this, is you turned up a couple notches, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the old Steve Austin thing, too. Absolutely. Yeah, man. And The Rock, Steve Austin, these, these, even the best Japanese wrestlers, they are who they are, but just turned up to 11. Right, an exaggerated version of yourself. Yeah, and so... This idea that they wanted Keith Lee to be this angry, you know, violent, and Keith Lee being a very yeah. calm, intelligent man was just like, yeah, I, uh, I can't really do that unless someone beats me up or something. So, and honestly, what made Vince McMahon's heel persona work? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. And it was him turned up. It's it's like it's like one of the basics to to be in a. Uh, getting a great character is really finding yourself. Um, so, you know, sometimes there's examples where that's not exactly the case, but really you're going to put yourself in the character one way or the other. Even the undertaker as, as ridiculously different that was from the real Mark Calloway, really, they kind of became each other in the end. And don't forget, he did play the American badass, which really was Mark Calloway turned up a notch. Yeah. When he was the, the biker taker, um, that definitely was him that bursted out. But yeah, slowly but surely, he kept bringing parts of himself out. Because he is a guy basically with a calm demeanor to begin with. Yeah. And man, a few words, and that was what The Undertaker was. Yeah. So um, it kind of started with a few of his traits. But The Undertaker overall, were, I mean, you know, he's going to Hall of Fame. Vincent announced during that interview that he's going to induct him or whatever. But... um the Undertaker is going to be one of those things that just wouldn't have worked with anyone else and is one of the last pure kind of, you know, <laughs> cheesy characters that... Just... Ideas. Cheesy character ideas that actually turned out to be... Well, from that era, definitely, was. where yeah. there was a new gimmick constantly, and it was the gimmick a week kind of thing. What do they call it? The box of gimmicks, right? So, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, most of those were pretty stupid, man, but... Yes, he managed to make that work to a T and ended up turning it into a legend. And eventually we'll mm -hmm. do a show on him, too, because I uh, love talking about The Undertaker and watching some of those old matches. It's just uh, Except his first couple of years sucked, to be honest. They were real bad, dude. And I, I've said it on the show before. I've never been the hugest Undertaker fan in general. Mm. Um, but I do understand and appreciate his contributions and you know yep hey i'll tell you this man i listened to um to a great interview f with renee um renee paquette with dax harwood right and he was saying this is ftr for the listeners the 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 bald one that's dax right and so he right. was talking about when he fir first met his tag team partner cash at the performance center you know one of the first things he asked him is he no. said, are you a Brett or a Sean guy? That's what Undertaker No, 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 no. This is what uh, Dax asked Cash when they first, oh, when they first met. Right. They're big Brett guys. He, are you a Brett or a Sean guy? He goes, I'm a Brett guy. And he's like, ever since then, I knew he was perfect. He'd be a great partner. <laughs> John, are you our Brett or a Sean guy? I am a Sean guy, but I'll tell you this, man. Um, I love Brett. Uh, but Sean just, you know, I, I liked him as a kid. Uh, as an adult, I think his selling is some of the best ever. Uh, I think his mm -hmm. offense is awesome, but he seems like a real shitty person, <laughs> to be honest. 
And I have the complete same answer as you, but with Brett, except for the shitty person thing. <laughs> yeah, Brett. I don't think Brett he's a shitty person not a anymore. Shitty, by the Brett way, Brett is not a shitty person. Well, so the Dax interview, actually, he says that uh, he had this like really personal talk with Shawn Michaels in NXT, right? And yeah. he was really feeling. And then when Shawn got around his friends, Shawn Waltman and the NWO, he started making fun of Dax about the personal stuff they talked about. And he said that gave him a bad vibe. And he said the only person out of that crew that was nice to me was Sean Waltman. He was the only guy that like took took time to talk to me and get to know me. So, I mean, you never know, man. But uh, no, I, I the Sean Brett debate will forever rage on. Um, I'm, both I'm amazing. a Brett guy, but I love Sean too. And I pre, but uh, we can do a whole show on Sean versus Brett and. Get some guest on or something. Yeah, it's, totally it's, have it out. Yeah, it's kind of one of those like, do you like the more Misawa type subtle badass that like doesn't need to necessarily scream out loud? He just goes in there and wrestles amazingly, or do you like the flamboyancy and the fireworks going off? And you know, sure. So, um, well, the sport of pro wrestling has room for both. I'll tell you that right now. I thought you were talking about Chris Sampson's website, the sport of pro wrestling. That what it's called. Do you, do you know what that I is? Like do you know Samson. what that is? Yeah. yeah, he he does all the stats. Yeah. I don't know the website, but he knows all the stats. I know who Chris Sampson is, and I hear him sometimes on podcast. And yeah, he's pretty. Cool. He's really good on G one season, you know, because he's the guy that'll tell you who needs to get a tie and who needs to win. To yeah, he's got all the math figured out. He's the sabermetrics guy. For, yeah, money ball person for. New Japan. New Japan, yeah. So maybe you should get a job at AEW doing their stats department. You know what I mean? I saw they were hiring a social media coordinator. Hey, dude, but, you know uh, you got to have at least twenty thousand followers for that. I might that would be my guess, but maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Like I've, I think it's more of the companies that you've worked for. Oh yeah, but but you know, I've always I have social media in my resume and my what well, I don't who cares. I don't really think with the word coordinator that it's going to pay that much anyway. I've always wondered about getting, and I don't I don't have any interest in moving to Jacksonville, Florida either. You'd have to move to Jacksonville. I I don't. I'm just guessing. Yeah, I've always wondered what that because I've seen that job. Like, and I know people that do it. I've always wondered how that works. But, like, the one guy I know that does do it became big out from his wrestling podcast and then became a social media coordinator. So maybe you could put this once we get more uh, listeners, which all you listeners right now, you're helping uh, Justin become a social media coordinator. So. (laughs) I had I had a title of social media assistant before my current job. So did you really for know. the district? Yeah. Okay. The district. Now, were you one of those social media people that like posted like gave your school a personality, gave the district a personality, and you were posting on Donald Trump posts and stuff? <laughs> no. Like Wendy's. I, I, no. Well, you know, actually, if you want to look into something that was great, it was when the, the L.A. Kings social media in the you know 11 12 era was really like the first one that did that oh was was having a real personality and saying maybe a little more risque things being a bit of a smart ass and all that stuff but um no that's not an approach i would recommend to the schools and stuff that i was consulting you don't want parents you know that's a more of a very serious thing sometimes with things i would see that i'd really want to use my sarcastic and 
smart ass side. Yeah. Um, I did not do that, but um, it's kind of become passe now. To be honest, I mean, it's almost like oh, like every company like Dryer's ice cream is like oh, making sex jokes on their Twitter. You know what I'm saying? And it's like. It's like, oh, you know what's not drier? Your wife after, you know, it's like, dude, yeah, it's like, okay. Like, all I want you to do, craft mayonnaise, is talk about mayonnaise. We don't need you to make sex jokes. So it it's became a little passe. But th- those, right. those were a few good interviews. So, yeah, Keith Lee was talking about his bear cat gimmick. He was, like, basically saying, like, yeah, I know what that is, but it has nothing to do with me. He didn't get it. He was saying that, uh, do you remember on Survivor Series when he got really over? Yeah. He was saying that, like, they didn't expect that. And, like, uh, Roman didn't expect it and Seth didn't expect it and stuff. And they were all surprised. And they were. he, he was saying that, like, they told him afterwards, like, yeah, these uh, the WWE main universe fans are crazy. You never know what they'll do. They're so different than NXT. And, you know... It's like what gets over gets over, dude. Yeah, I mean, I think when that stuff happens, they almost count it against them. Bizarro world. Remember that phrase? When they boo, yeah. when they boo Roman Reigns, they're like, "This is Bizarro yeah. world." The yeah, Raw after it's... WrestleMania, which is like, was always the coolest thing to watch and now it's like hey whatever it's just another show sometimes they have a mind of their own they just yeah we who knows what they'll do uh but you know i always thought aew crowds would be like along with the product until the whole cody thing happened so yeah they have not been well of course they had a whole period of time where we didn't really see them or anything but there was not a lot of hijacking AEW fans don't tend to hijack they, they love just going with the show they boo who they're supposed to but also to. they they don't get a lot of bullshit either oh yeah <laughs> that's that's with. true that's true like i'm not in love with everything AEW does but they totally don't do stuff that fans don't want they are generally very very simple formula they're very respectful to their fans in general you know um so to their intelligence yeah they don't treat us like idiots they know we have a memory and uh yeah so okay so yeah oh not perfect but for the most part yeah yeah i'm the same way as you like it's not like the perfect promotion but um it's so much further along than wwe for being an american promotion that it's like almost wild i wanted to tell you so you know uh keith lee actually did get covid like real bad covid did, did he you almost hear? died so he was saying that it was he had was having panic attacks not being able to breathe right and yeah. then he was saying that um, he felt better and he got better within days and then they said like his blood was fucked up so mm. he wasn't able to wrestle again and uh, that's scary man and he is a big guy you know so yeah they said that I think he talked about how he almost died like it was he had a really bad case of it yeah that that's that's scary man um, but yeah, yeah, I, I, I didn't know. You know, obviously we're still learning about the long-term effects, and I didn't realize yeah. that it could mess with your blood. Um, well, blood oxygen level, right? That's true. That's true. If that has, if that is what it is that caused it, um, yeah. So 
I mean, I know blood clots and stuff like that, too, I guess. I don't know. I think they were saying that, uh, remember, there was this big thing that the uh, AstraZeneca caused blood clots, and then you find out it's oh, like Johnson, one in Johnson. a million. Right. Like, the chances of you getting COVID and dying are astronomically higher than getting blood clots from the... Anyway, enough of that. <laughs> yeah, I know, I it's like, how... Uh, yeah, okay, so... Yeah, yeah, that, those were some interesting interviews that went on. Uh, moving on, um, we got a show coming up this Sunday. Now, as you guys are listening to this, the show has already happened. So instead of us doing a big preview of the show, we'll give our predictions, and you guys can hear if we were right or not. And that show is, Justin? Revolution. Revolution. You, did you watch you the first Revolution? Pretty sure. Do you... I, I still don't have any, like, continuity in my head with these AEW shows. It's going to take... All it out, takes years, bro. All out. All in. All... All... all Battle all of the Belts. Beach Break. Yeah, yeah, like, to me, they don't mean anything It's yet. not that hard Outside. to remember, because two of them are on holiday weekends. Which ones? So, All Out and um, Double or Nothing are always on, like, La- Labor Day and, what is it? July 4th? No, Labor Day and, like, whatever other day. Um, the other day we Labor get day. off. Labor Day. It's not Veterans Day. Memorial Day. Labor Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Mer- Labor Day, what? Right? Memorial Day and what's it? Labor Day. Okay. So Double or Nothing uh, that weekend in Vegas is going to be a holiday weekend. Yeah. Okay. So, um, Right, Memorial Day, yeah. I was looking into that, but then I saw they were going to be at the forum, so I think I'm going to do that instead. Yeah, you decided to go to that? You thinking you're going to go um, to that? I think so. The, the seats, the, it goes on sale on the 11th, so I think I got like a couple people that I know that are going to want to go, so I'm going to go to the forum. I, I got invited to go to Vegas to watch Revolution, and I think I could afford it, but it's just not optimal for me right now. I feel like I could do it, but I wouldn't be able to bring as much money as I would want to to Las Vegas, you know? I'd, to do it right. Well, Vegas sucks anyway. It so. sucks, but I would want to go to Vegas not even look having to look at my account. Just do whatever I want, basically. And that takes a lot of money in Vegas. So um, I think I... Also, there do have rumors that they're going to be announcing a Denver date soon. So, well, there you go. So, yeah, where, yeah, because I know you have some relatives that live out in the LA area, mm-hmm. and they live in Ontario. They live, they said they live like one mile from the Toyota Arena. Oh yeah, you're right there. Yeah, but they're crazy, and they're going to go to Revolution and Dynamite and. I mean, I didn't know they were that Wonderful hardcore people. fans, but that's awesome. Good for them, man. You know what's funny is I got them into AEW. They didn't even watch wrestling, so oh, uh, they're like your little babies. Yeah, my sister. She, I hate my sister. Said I hate Cody. I'm like, <laughs> I like. I, I think I told you that, but I like hearing her opinion as more of a casual fan. But shit, this sounds like they're more hardcore than me now. Yeah, I asked my friend Aaron that. You know, we were fans back in the day. I've talked about Aaron a lot. If he's listening. But, um, he, you know, I asked him, like, when you came up with the idea, like, I like asking just AEW casual fans what they thought of, um, Cody leaving. And my friend said I was just really surprised hearing that. That's how we felt. Yeah. 
It is really surprising, um, and I can't wait to talk about him. But we we heard a lot of the things with, the you know the whole backstage things changing and the responsibility shifting around. So we we weren't a hundred percent surprised because you you kind of heard that there was always some kind of, you know, um. Anyways, whatever. But uh, back to Revolution, I guess. Yeah, it, it it was a little bit of a surprise, even if for those that are in the know. But um, so we got some matches at Revolution. If you're listening to this, you've seen them, and uh, you can tell us if we're right or wrong, or if we fucked up. So, pre-show, Hook versus QT Marshall. Some of these are easy to pick. Fun. Um, hey man, this Hook guy is gonna be big, and I think they're bringing him up the right way. Yeah. Put him on the pre-show. He'll beat QT Marshall. And uh, he'll move on to the next feud. So Maybe they'll make him in the Ring of Honor pure <laughs> champion. <laughs> that would be random, but sure. I mean, it's possible. But hey, speaking of random, check out what I'm about to drink. Okay. A Coca-Cola Starlight Edition. So what's it taste like? Here, look at what it tastes like right there. Space flavored. That's mm, something they only sell in Los Angeles, obviously. And I love the mini cans because it makes me look like Andre the Giant. Yeah, there you go. What what does it taste like, though? It's like actually just strawberry banana, and they call it space flavored. Close. It has a raspberry-ish cookie taste. Wow. I like it. I enjoy it. Well, I'll tell you what, Justin. Because there's always a rumor that space smells like a raspberry or kind that of... That is not a flavor. rumor. No, seriously. That's... How could it... No- how up. could nothing have a smell? Because... Well, you know, it's funny because... Okay, and I know we're going off a little bit of a tangent, but one of the YouTube... We all have our kind of YouTube... Guilty... Not guilty... Rabbit holes? Our little random YouTube stuff we like to watch. I like to watch the what if videos. But um, I really like watching the stuff from the Canadian astronaut Chris Hatfield. I think his name is. Okay, you heard of him? I think that's a Resident Evil mustache. character. Yeah, it, it does sound like that, right? Chris, yeah, Chris Redfield, Chris Redman, or whatever. Yeah. Redfield. So Chris Hatfield. Um, and you know, people ask him questions, and he says that space smells like kind of like a like a burnt steak or something like. But he thinks it's not because of what space smells like; it's because of the the you know the 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 sun and the ra- the heat and the radiation from going you know re- reflecting off of the um, metallicness of the, the spacecraft. So mm, there's my argument as someone who's never been to space. You don't know what space smells like because no one's ever been in open space that stayed alive no, to no, tell well, about there, it. There's a there's a there's a point in time where you come in from being on a spacewalk that you, when the kind of whatever kind of encapsulation encloses that you do get like kind of that feeling for a minute for a split second so there but, you go. but you're just smelling oxygen right because otherwise you would die no i i don't know i you'd have to watch chris hatfield's okay. videos for uh, but there whatever he said made sense so so does the whatever. soda taste like space is it would you say they did a good like job i said i don't know what taste space tastes like but you know like if you do a google search that says what is taste what is space smell like Mm -hmm. you'll kind of see like i get like a raspberry like kind of sugar cookie-ish type of cola flavor and it's kind of well i hope they make a victory flavored coca-cola so i can smell that for the first time in my life and have a taste of that 
So, um... Yeah, I've had enough Tapachico seltzers, hard seltzers, so... Yeah. You wanted to try out the space space drink. Well, it is fun. It is a fun gimmick. I have a Surge sitting downstairs, so... Yeah. Burger King. Okay, uh, Layla Hirsch versus Chris Statlander. I hate to say this, but this is a match that really doesn't matter that much, um, even though I like both girls. Um, It's a good filler. Um, It's a nice introduction for Layla Hirsch. Yeah. And it's a nice little filler thing for Chris Statlander. She's getting on the pre-show. What do you got on this one? I think Chris Statlander probably wins this one. I think Statlander, yeah. Yeah, yeah, with the uh, logical booking. Um, Next match, we're getting a little better here. We got the House of Black, Buddy Matthews' debut versus... Mm -hmm. Actually, this match looks awesome. So Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews versus Pac and Penta and Eric Redbeard. Really? Yeah. Like, I guess they're doing him a favor. Ro- Rowan? Is that his name? Yeah, Eric Rowan. By the way, Alex Abrahantes, that's him, right? Alex Abrahantes is, yeah, Penta's manager. Doesn't he seem just like, I know he's I don't know, man. He's so dorky. He's very flamboyant. Um, and but, but I just think he's so dorky, though. I think he. that's kind of the goal, though. I think he is supposed to be this idiot, like... You know how he was led around and that, I mean, he was kind of put in that position, like he was serving as the interpreter for the interviews. He still does the pre-shows. And, and uh, he was doing a lot of being the elite stuff, mm-hmm. where he was kind of the straight guy, straight announcer guy, but I just, he just seems so, he seems, number one, which I love about it, like we said earlier, he seems like he's having the goddamn time of his life. So more power to him. But it's just, it, I don't know. He just seems so corny when he walks around with the red gloves. Look, he's goofy as hell, dude. Like, wh- when yeah. you, when like, one of my... But he's trying not to be. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. I, I hope he's self-aware because, you know, I've watched that cage match, uh, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers, like, ten times. And in his entrance is that. He, he looks, yeah. like, skinny and lanky with his stupid gloves. And he's, like, dancing yeah. and stuff. And recently he came out in, what, the Grim Reaper outfit. So I saw a still shot of that. What the hell was that about? Well, it's because Penta is playing his alter ego, Penta Dark, Penta Darkness. Oh, that's cool. So yeah, Penta is is I guess doing a different gimmick now. He's he's Penta of Darkness instead of the Penta El Cielo Miedo that we're getting. So Penta Oscuro. So um, I definitely think this is. Oh man. I think this is a has to be House of Black because Buddy Matthews is just starting and you want to start him off with the win and Malachi Black and Brody King are on the up and up. Man, I would love to see at some point the House of Black just have all the gold in that. <laughs> you know, have Alistair uh, have, or Malachi, have that AEW championship and have those dudes have the tag title. And, and, and then they all have kinda... the trios championship too. See that maybe they need that. They need to introduce that already. Well, and Tony Khan recently said that is going to happen. He just hasn't timed it out right. Did Ring of Honor have a trios title? They did, right? I don't know. Hmm. But anyways, um, I really think that Malachi Black has got to be a top star. It, It could be a year, year and a half from now. I mean, I think that would be a great guy to, um take down adam page at some point oh yeah i agree with that and yes roh does have a six-man tag title so currently held by 
Oh jeez, I just erased the page. I so think I think it. it was like I do that all the time. I close the window right away and I'm like, God damn it, why did I, I? I I think uh, was this even recently? Uh, the righteous Vincent Bateman and Dutch. Uh, oh, Shane Taylor Promotions, Bandito, Flamita, and Ray Horace had it recently too. Um, so yeah, that's a possibility. Throw the uh, but but they do like the word trios, so they'd probably call it the ROH World Trios Championship. Um, so. But yeah, I agree. I, I agree. Malachi Black, Brody King, that group, they have definitely like they're in this beginning phase of their push. Malachi Black has been made to look very strong constantly. Pretty awesome, actually. Um, so, you know, I'm a big Brody King fan. I know that's a lot is of it is because um, you've seen him a bunch, seen him a bunch. And, you know, he's an L.A. Hometown. guy and stuff. Yeah. Um, He's a cool guy. He seems like a real cool guy. I I loved hearing his interview about he how he was a lighting rig guy for years and making real good money, but he dedicated himself to wrestling. So, well, and he's got like quite the look and he is a pretty good in the ring. Very athletic too. Athletic big man. And you know it's cool he works with uh Black so well because they both have the full tatted body beard look, you know? So, good yeah 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 and uh he's pretty athletic too oh yeah definitely so <clears throat> he was trained over at the santino brothers uh school out here and uh you know they'll teach you a little lucha libre out there so he has he puts that into his act too and just yeah he's huge too uh by the way this is a side note but speaking of lucha libre you hear about that king velasquez stuff no oh yes i did yes i did yes I okay did. that's it's yeah. so terrible I so, mean, yeah, if you read into the story, it's just, yeah, it's awful. Yeah, he's going to do some time for that for sure. So, yeah, uh, he, he definitely did not handle that the right way. No, not at all. Don't take justice into your own hands, people, even if you think no. you should, because um, it just does nothing well. This dude's going to end up in California State Prison, and uh, those are not good places from what I hear at all to be in so uh anyways after this we have andrade matt hardy and isaiah cassidy versus darby allen sting and sammy guevara with a tornado six-man tornado tag team match so it's all six of them just fucking each other up at once that sounds like it's going to be an interesting spot fest yeah man it seems like these uh these AEW cards are starting to look like those Japan Road 2 shows with all those multi-man well they're, they're, okay the uh, the stuff was pre-show but this will be on the main show and it is a tornado okay. a tornado match so i mean it's a little different you know um no tags so i think it sounds fun i honestly i think and andrade is going to possibly pin sammy and that'll set up a title match hmm what do you think about that on yeah yeah that makes complete and total sense and that would be a, a a great match too yeah well actually didn't wait a second they just wrestled last week no they did didn't they? oh yeah so i i okay well Two of the more athletic guys in all of pro wrestling. Yeah, I don't know what's going to happen in that match. So I am actually going to pick Darby Allen Sting and Guevara to win. Um, but that could go either way, right? Yeah, 
Totally. So it's going to be fun to see how they do the tornado aspect of that. Um, you know, those matches. I got to say, I haven't really been watching a lot of Rampage. Yeah, I catch it here and there um, when it's on. You know, it's it's one of those shows like you kind of forget about it, but it's actually really good when you watch it. I know. I know. It's just that I just cannot fit it in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's usually it's something I catch like I didn't watch tonight, but it's usually something I'll watch real late Friday and be like, oh, I forgot to watch it. So, mm. um, but you know, I'll always tell you if there's anything great on it yeah. that you need to check out. Um, so, okay, next up, this okay, this is gonna be this match could be a match of the year type thing. Jurassic Express versus Red Dragon versus the Young Bucks three way tag team match for the championship. Wow. Yeah, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen here, man? Because wow, this is one of those. So Young Bucks, Jurassic Express. Who's the other team? Red Dragon, Fish and O'Reilly. Mm-hmm. I think uh, one way you can go about it is that Jurassic Express retain, but set up some kind of just you know disruptancy between the Young Bucks and Red Dragon that lead to a program and more of a thing that can lead into the late match of the night. I think that they should retain on this one. Um, they haven't had that many big matches. Um, and I think I, I think they're going to retain. But like you said, um, retain with uh, thinking to the words of the future. So next up, Moxley versus Danielson. Who's going to win this one, dude? Man, that's that's going to be tough. So my my I'm my really guess is my one. guess is Moxley's going to win and and really get the respect of Danielson. But either way, they're going to jo- join each other after this match. So who needs the win more? Moxley Danielson coming off the loss. Mox ah. I'm just picking Moxley, bro, but I really don't know. So, that, I'm looking forward to that one. You got a pick on that one? No, I mean I, I would, I would just Moxley. Okay, there you go. Yeah, that's who I picked too. Yeah, Jericho versus Kingston. This to me is a clear Kingston win. Um, with the story. Um, have you seen the shape that Jericho's got himself into? So I made a complaint about that on Twitter recently because. What's what is special about that? I don't get it. What's so special about? I I mean, he gained weight on purpose to be a heel. I did he do that on purpose? Yeah, he said. Has he said that? Yeah, he's mentioned that multiple times. Like, yeah, he he wanted to lose the six pack and get big to be a heel. And right. I I was saying on Twitter like he's a pro athlete. I mean, he he should be able to know how to bulk up and slim down easily. So I've heard people saying like, it's incredible what he's done. And it's like, well, he, he looked though, that way like, beforehand, but he's a 50 year old dude. It's true. But I mean, he, he's not 27 or 32. Like this is but like people, pretty phenomenal for a guy to put the switch on and off like that. Yeah. It, it look, it's impressive, but also he's an athlete and a wrestler. And I feel like that's part of the, the gig is being able to, uh, and well, obviously, not everyone like can Christian do it. Christian Bale losing all that money to losing all that weight to be the machinist, and then gaining it back to be Batman. Yeah, it's similar to that, and that's crazy. I mean, yeah, you know, 
It, you can't. I mean, if I think it's got to be admired. It's definitely like, something that no him. normal pe- person can do. But uh, I, 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 I don't freak out as much about it because I mean, to me, it's like it's Chris Jericho. Like that's well, part Chris of what he Jericho's does. Chris Jericho's the ultimate like kind of method dude, where he's like, okay, this next character, I'm going to be a little fatter. Yeah. Um, and this is what I'm going to do, and then he makes all these little tweaks, and then this one, he's like, I'm going to get this some shape. Yep. But I, I've watched the whole Eddie Kingston, um, some of the Eddie Kingston Jericho stuff. Has who is coming off on the, as the heel on this one? Yeah, uh, well, Jericho's clearly the heel on this one, dude. So because okay, so he's, he's telling Kingston, like, uh, I, you know, I don't, you, I don't believe in you. You don't believe in yourself. But uh, one of the weird things about this feud is that they've been like um, doing little uh, kayfabe kind of breaking things repeatedly. So uh, Jericho says, "Well, I was in a promo segment. Eh, you probably don't know what that means." And then he called. Oh, I saw that. He called yeah. Kingston the baby face. He's like, "Well, right. you're more." And so I don't know why, it's but funny, I like though, that because Kingston's a really good promo. I don't know why he'd say that. I think that the, the, the gimmick here is that Jericho is a sports entertainer, right? And he knows how to Let's look see. at the hard cam. And Kingston is just from the streets. Okay. So okay. I'm into it. I'm there for it. Let's do it. Yep. I got Kingston on that one. Yeah. Keith Lee, Orange Cassidy, Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Wardlow versus Christian Cage. Face of the Revolution ladder match. This is going to be a fucking clusterfuck. Oh, man. It sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun, too. And what a great little change of pace match. And if it's in that order. Three big, um, big guys. I'd love to see Orange Cassidy pull that thing down. Okay, Orange Cassidy. I, but I, I could see Wardlow getting it. And just having something to kind of hold over, um, you know, MJF. I'm going to pick the weird one. I'm going to pick Powerhouse Hobbs. He's been in the company for a while. Okay. Why not? Uh, I'd love to see him in a TNT match. Um, and I think he'd get really over by winning this match. But they could always do that Keith Lee thing. Tony likes to push new talent, right? So, um, Didn't Brian Cage win it the last time or something similar to this? I don't even remember that last time. You got a world title shot out of it. Is this for the world title or is this for the TNT title? This is for a shot at the TNT title. So the stakes aren't even that great, to be honest. So, but, you know, it's going to be awesome either way. Sure. I'm looking forward to see how Keith Lee uh, fits into this. Hey, they got to build the legit. I mean, the guys that have held the TNT title have done a pretty good job so far in terms of making it seem like something. Yeah. No, I, I so, totally agree. You know, this is something that adds to the legitimacy. I mean, the one thing you can have about a title that make it bigger is have people that want it. So, yeah, there you go. Yep. Um, do you think Thunder Rose is going to be women's championship, win, women's champion against Britt Baker? Because it's definitely possible. She has as good a shot as anyone that she's defended against. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm gonna. S- with the way they kind of throw around the women's belt more often than the men's, I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say Thunder Rosa. I, I would actually go as far as saying we could see maybe a double turn or something. Hmm. That'd be interesting. Um, I think I could see a double turn. Um, the fans do love Brit, and 
Thunder Rosa with her presentation. I can see her having a dark side. Yeah, yeah. So double switch. Let's do it. All right. Wow. Wow. He's doing some deep booking here. Um, they need an iconic women's match moment that they they need to match what they did in their last match, right? Ooh. So um, AEW needs that iconic women's match moment. So let's do it with this one. Okay. This is the one that we've all been kind of waiting for to come back, right? True. At full circle. This yeah. seems to be the the top match that they've had to offer in that women's it's division. It's definitely right? the biggest I mean, women's match they've ever had. Yeah. Yeah. So make it big and make Thunder Rosa a vicious heel and make Brie Baker the lovable. That's Britt Baker, buddy. I know it's Brit late Baker, over Brie there, Baker. but it is. Um, I'm okay though. CM Punk versus MJF, dude. I, oh. I, I honestly, I think MJF's gonna win again, dude. <laughs> I really do. M MJF is just incredible. He's awesome. I mean, <laughs> for the age the guy is, the absolute. Like, the promos are incredible. Well, people are like, oh, but he's not very athletic. It's like, no, dude, he's actually awesome in the ring, too. You, If you ever see a babyface MJF, you'll say, oh, my God, that guy's athletic. Oh, you know? yeah, yeah, for sure, dude. He, he definitely holds back um, on the moves in his heel persona. And just the whole way, the, the little subtle things he does, he basically, at the end there, repeated a CM Punk Ring of Honor promo word Yeah, by that's word. what I heard. That's what I heard. And I heard somebody compare, you know, played it back. There's like just all these little Easter eggs and um the uh, the dudes and yeah. I mean he, you know, I was talking about earlier where oh man, it's going to be you know, we were talking about months, we've been talking about this for months where it's like Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara and MJF are the kind of the the future of AEW and they're going to be in jungle boy or whatever. But MJF is just kind of, and, and this is not a slight on those guys. Cause I love all those guys, but MJF is just neck, head and shoulders above. Yeah. He's, he's like the, you know, that, that once in a generation style talent, man, for sure. Yeah. Um, and I, and Tony Khan is probably in the back of his head. Like, man, I just want to get this guy skyrocketed now, but this is, you know, well, I, I think MJF just said Perfect that in 2024 it. he will be the highest paid wrestler in the world, and ever, like I've whether heard, it's with AEW, exactly, or exactly. So, um, which it's like, yeah, he, he, you know, he might not be far off. Um, MJF to me reminds me of Okada, and I don't mean like in any way in the ring or anything like that, but in the sense that mm -hmm. like you just like you're going to see him win at the end of matches over and over and over like early Okada. Um, at least when he went on his huge title reign, like he just, you knew the remake was coming and I've kind of been trained that way with MGF MJF, like dude, he just wins and wins and wins and wins. And I think there's going to be no different. And I think it's going to build even more heat for him. And maybe CM Punk will take him someday, but I think they just love having MJF just beat CM Punk's ass. I, I think they like that. I think that, that, you know, just kind of just thinking in the back of my head, is CM Punk here to put young guys over, or is he going to actually get a legit run at one day? 
I think he, it's both, but uh, I think right now he's putting younger guys over. That's that's one of his priorities, just like it's uh, Danielson's priority, even though he's had his own little run. But um, oh, I I just I, I just think MJF's just gonna keep on rolling, dude. I think he's gonna steamroll until he's in the world title picture soon, and he wins that. So it seems to me that um, AEW could use like a. New Japan st- Cup style tournament or something where, you know, a guy like CM Punk or Keith Lee or, you know, some of those Andrade can, you know, go through a run in this tournament, win five or six matches, and then get a title shot. Well, the Owen Hart's coming up soon. The Owen Hart. So it, I, it seems like you're never going to get these guys in that position. There's just too much. Yeah. But that's where Ring of Honor comes in, and maybe you give him another spot. I don't know. Yeah. So can you make a, a guess for CM Punk versus MJF? Um, I think MJF's going to win. <laughs> and I think it's going to be yeah. super violent too, bro. It's going to be crazy. It's Yeah. I think it's going to be super bloody. So, uh, And it's what's great about it is you're going to have probably two super bloody matches, um, Danielson and... Um, Moxley will probably have some color in it, I'd imagine. Maybe, but it's also Danielson who likes to be more of a traditional wrestler. So they might just have a traditional wrestling match, you know? It's possible. But you're going to have two pretty violent, crazy matches. Yes. Uh, that could not be more different. Well, the latter match is going to be pretty nuts, too, in its own way. Right. So, uh, Well, that's more of a... Sp- Spot pet. Yeah, spot it, w- it, it will be. Violent. It will be, yeah. yeah. But, no, this this card, dude, uh, it looks so good. It's reminding me of All Out, kind of, and definitely a lot better than Full Gear. Um, so, yeah, so finally we move on to Adam Page versus Adam Cole. I think this is a clean win for Adam Page. Um, Adam Cole doesn't really lose a lot losing here. He's going to get pushed still. Um, he's got his own little faction, mini faction going on. And I think Adam Page is going to stay champion for a while. I think, yeah, someone asked me how long do I think Adam Page is going to have the title? And I said at least to the summer. Yeah, yeah, at least till double or nothing or even after that. So, um, you know, they like, they take this belt very seriously. People get long runs with the belt. We've seen that over time. There's only been three champions. So, um, I can see that this belt, if it changes, it'd be when Kenny comes back. Well, the beautiful thing is there's so many other people that can step into the position, but if Kenny comes back, you know, there's all sorts of people that can really get pushed and elevated, but we know that AEW likes when someone wins that belt, they like it to be like this big story heading into that. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, Kenny returning would be big. It'd be huge. But, uh, you know, I think that's this is an angle where we can see that next, next challenger or somebody come back and out at the end of that show. Oh. And the angle ends with that. Yeah, I was thinking about that recently. Do we see Cesaro come out during the show? Do we see Jeff Hardy? I don't know if he can legally come out at this point, but for Hasn't sure Jeff Cesaro. Hardy pretty much signed? Allegedly. Well, he said he was going to AEW, like, verbally. And then he, like, tried to roll it back, like, oh, I didn't mean that. I, I, I swear I didn't say that. So I was just going backstage. Yeah, I'm just saying. Um, so. Catering. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know who that next guy is, though. That's what's great about it is I don't know. But there's, like, seven or eight guys who they could 
believably put in that mix. Uh, the winner. Swerve. Swerve Scott. No. No, that's that's okay. no, that's who's they also signed. Oh right, okay, fine, but I don't think he's gonna be in the world title picture. Not anytime soon. No, yeah. no, no. But he could I mean, show up. Any of the four, I think you know, CM Punk, MJF, Moxley, Brian Danielson. Danielson, yep, yep. Um, Obviously, Paige, Jericho, previous champions. So, um, yeah, yeah, those guys. Just any of those four guys in the in the, um, you know, Moxley, Danielson, uh, CM Punk, MJF. Those are the four kind of right below that tier. Yeah. Yeah, I, and, I, I like it because, you, know, you know, I remember New Japan, I feel like they always had this four-star booking philosophy, like you need four top guys, and actually that's a great booking philosophy because it worked really well for them for a long time, you know, you had, what, Okada, Naito, Omega, and like um, Tanahashi at one point, and then, you know, it changed to Ibushi, but it was like four guys, but... AEW has like six dudes at that spot, so or more, or I more. Mean, all, yeah. Do you think CM Punk ever holds that title? I'd say, I don't would, know. It would have man. to come pretty soon. Yeah, it would have to come in this calendar year. I don't know if he wants to put on forty-five minute bangers every you know month. So well, I, that's I, what he's been doing. He did that with MJF already. Yeah, that's true. So. I don't know. I, I guess that's kind of... Uh, uh, one 45-minute banger a month is better than doing 56 house shows a day. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I agree with that. Or or being and, in the G1 and, much, and doing a banger every day. And, and Adam Page is wrestling, don't get me wrong, but he's not fighting. He's not wrestling every night. No, not at all. And MJF has a real cozy schedule. Yeah. He wrestles like so. one... He wrestles barely once a month sometimes he doesn't even wrestle so um, man a 10 minute promo from ajf mjf is as good as a yeah 45 minute five-star match well and i texted you and i told you i i thought his promo wasn't only good the one where he like broke down i thought it was innovative i've never seen anything like that before and i'm i was fascinated by it because there's so many places you can go from there but yeah, he, he kind of pretended, oh, I'm just evil and I'm the devil. But I think the story is that, like, no, like, he was being honest at that very point in time. Well, it was the whole, like, how someone becomes a villain, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So And the Joker has an origin story The you know, <clears throat> everyone's got an origin story of why they, they're, 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 why they are the way they are. And a lot of them people can become empathetic with. Mm-hmm. But then I haven't. I'm. But then he comes back next week. Nope, I'm still evil. Yeah, but brilliant. But yeah, it's laid out and it's something. Again, they respect the fans, and we're going to be talking about that. I'm sure more in the future. So I thought that was so innovative. I'd never seen anything like that. With the heel comes out, literally tears streaming down their eyes. Um, fascinating, fascinating work from MJF. So sometimes that whole angle would be blown minutes later, but they waited a whole week to you know, reveal it. They did. And, and it, again, it's still, it's still there. It still happened, you know? So, I mean, it, whether he, even though he kind of turned on it, oh, I'm the devil, the devil, I'm a demon, all that stuff. I'm a snake. It's still, he said that stuff still. It still was true. So, yeah. yeah. So, 
AEW Revolution, did we get it right, guys? If you're listening, you know if we did or not. Um, yep. So, and we'll be talking about that probably on our next show. We'll bring that up quickly and talk yes. about it. Um, real quick here before we get out of here to all the New Japan freaks, the Shinny Home freaks, New Japan fans call them aficionados. Uh, Still our first love right there, New Japan. Yeah, um, New Japan Cup going on right now. Did you catch the first show? I'm about halfway through the first show. Okay. Forgive me. I didn't do my homework. It's um, okay. Actually, on the freeze frame here, I have the middle of Naito. I'm not Naito. Let me say uh, Tai Chi and um, yeah, your boy. Yeah, Yano. Um, yeah, can I talk about spoilers then on that night? I already know. Okay. What happened, so. Yeah, I thought the night was uh, average, but the Tanahashi Yo match was good, right? But so the Okada Desperado match was so fucking good. And, dude, it was brutal, too. Like, Okada got beat up. He, like, got all bruised and freaking uh, cut up. And uh, it wasn't bloody like that, but he got chopped so hard. That you're watching, it's one of those chops where you're like, God, how does he bear to even stand that? Um, the invisible, visible bruising, and uh, but the thing about the match was, God, they really tricked me into thinking Desperado would win. You know how New Japan does that? Like you're like, this guy never will win, and then by the end of the match, you're like, Oh my God, go do it, hit it, hit it. So um, there was also a incredible. There's a spot there. They transition an Okada drop kick into a double leg dragon screw leg whip into mm. a numero dos. Oh, no. So, See, this is where I might need a full night of sleep to watch that. I think this so. Might be my sitting, I'm, this might be my uh, watching at the laundromat thing tomorrow. You might, yeah, maybe for that one because you don't want to fall asleep mid match on that one. You're definitely going to want to check that one out. So uh, we have. Some some stuff I wanted to talk about with the New Japan Cup. Um, you know, really, it's only like an eight-person tournament. We know that, right? Like, there's 64 yeah. people or whatever, but there's a cool match coming up. Check this out. So 48 people, right? 48, yeah. Um, Bushi is going to go against Will Ospreay, right? Will Ospreay is clearly going to win that. And he's going to go against El Fantasmo. So Ospreay versus El Fantasmo. That'll be fun. Does that not sound awesome, dude? We've never seen that before. We probably have. probably have seen it in tags and Best stuff, of Super but, Juniors. but I think ELP came in after Osprey became a heavy. But I'm, I could be wrong. They, no, no, you're right. They did wrestle in Best of the Super Juniors. Yep, they did. Okay, but they had kind of had different personas. Different personas. Uh, Osprey was a babyface then, and um, so yeah, we also we have of course Tomatonga, who's now a babyface, and he's. You know, he's going to probably going against evil. So fascinating. I was, I, Tama has kind of low key one of the very underrated promo Tama Tanga. I, I agree with that. Yeah, but but, re, but that's because all we get to see him do is yell and be angry. He's 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 just really good. Yeah. I, I, yeah, just real underrated guy. There. He always has a real weird voice compared to his look. He got kind of a high voice and like this weird kind of you know you know what I'm saying? Oh man, he gave this promo. I think it was on Impact or Ring of Honor. It was so good with him and Tom Tongaloa. Check it out. Was it a babyface promo? Well, it was more of just like angry at Jay White okay. promo. Okay. The voice and he's he's really good. Yeah. I don't think he gets enough credit. 
Well, they're gonna. I've heard that they have plans to push him, so I would love to see him beat Evil's ass. Hey, and don't forget, he's got that win against Okada. Yeah. From the G1 that has not been reciprocated on, so he's got that in his back pocket, too, so... Yep. Here's some other stuff we're going to be seeing, uh, too. Great Okan versus Taiji Ishimori. I think that'll be great. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. That's interesting. Very interesting, right? Yeah. Um, we are going to see Zack Sabre Jr. versus Doki. It's like, what? That'll be fun. Is that not like a, a, a Suzuki-Goon battle that's just going to be amazing? Um, Hiromu versus Show. Now, we've seen it before, but that's a good, really good match coming up. Sure. Um, and then, of course, of course, you're going to get, uh, where is it here? Let me find it. Ishii versus Shingo, well, which is always, yeah, always yeah. a great match. So that's some stuff coming up here. We got Fale, who's going to be going against uh, Tanahashi, which sucks. And I'm really hoping they don't beat Tanahashi. Um, I'm hoping Fale is a one and done here. So, and whoever wins that will probably be going against Naito. So, like, all sorts of exciting stuff in this tournament. I think once we get into the semifinals, it's going to be one banger after another. By the way, watch Lion's Roar. Yeah. If you can, on New Japan World. It's the documentary series on Fale and the Dojo in New Zealand. I think pretty you had awesome talked stuff. about that. It is pretty cool, though. Yeah, it is. It's only 20-minute episodes, so... Not a lot to digest. I'm not completely caught up. I think I've watched five or six of them. Okay. Um, but uh, really good TV, and it's probably the deepest you're going to get into a dojo. Um, I know they did some stuff on the LA dojo, mm. but I don't think we're ever going to see anything on the New Japan dojo. Yeah, that, um, I mean they had we yeah don't they need had anyone small getting stuff, canceled. but <laughs> we don't need anyone getting canceled. No, it's the, it's a whole different culture there, and I don't mean like they yeah. do. They do like sexist or racist things, but it, it's just, it's a whole they different world. They pretty hard. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it, yeah, it's just like, we don't care if you have a ruptured Achilles tendon and you're going to go out there and hop on one foot, you know. Yeah, I, I see this picture here of the Dojo Boys carrying giant tires on a run. There wow. That looks pretty intense. And Fale is just super light, you know, you kind of appreciate the stuff that Fale has done for New Japan and his commitment to doing it because he went through that program there and I know he's not this big mobile athletic dude but uh, he's he has a you know a big place in New Japan wrestling you know in the last 15 10 years or whatever yeah for sure no he, he definitely has had a part in everything now I'll tell you everyone's like oh Jericho's cut down so much no when Fale lost weight now he's probably gained it all back now sad to say but when Fale lost weight that was impressive dude that's they told him he was getting too small I, I <laughs> what his, i can't remember where here i'm talking about it it might have been on thomas podcast but they told him like hey man we need you to be a monster don't get too skinny oh, you jesus know? dude well dude if someone told me that i'd be like well shit i can easily fix that like there's so many froyo froyo shops you know that will easily froyo. help me yeah gain some weight you know Okay, just, you know, you can just go to the ice cream. You don't need frozen yogurt. A little too minutes. healthy? A little bit, yeah, a little too healthy. I'll tell you, right? I got some Little Debbie's ice cream right now. Uh, ice cream? Oh, yeah, they make Little Debbie's ice cream, like zebra cake ice cream now. Oh, nice. And I've, Did they make it the, the oatmeal sandwich? Yes, I have the oatmeal sandwich ice cream right now. 
Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, I introduced my kids to the, the oatmeal cookie ones. Those are good, they, huh? They were like, yeah, they're pretty good. The only thing is you don't want to buy them when you're, say you buy them for the kids, but you're actually buying them for yourself. You know, that's a bad situation to get into. Well, of course. So, you know. uh, the honey buns are pretty good, too. Microwaved for like 30 seconds. Um, you live next to a Froyo shop, by the way. I heard in L.A. they're everywhere. Um, not really, actually. Did that we, fad die down? Land. There's a yogurt land, and we have yogurt land out here is mostly the big one. I don't know if they have that. Did they ever have TCBY? Yeah, in like 1987. <laughs> they were ahead of their and time. Menchie's was pretty big. Is and that like a Jewish place? Jewish yogurt Menchie. shop? <laughs> it does kind of sound like that. Um, it's the, you know, you serve it yourself, and they weigh it. Oh, yeah, we had That's one like that here. I like the like yogurt the land. bubbles the bubbles you could put in there. What are they like? Yeah, yogurt land and menchies are those. And then they had pink berry. I don't know if that was something out by you guys. Not by us, but but it had like national exposure, so we heard about yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going under a little bit, though. We had one actually walking distance, and it just closed. It closed a while ago. COVID probably fucked them a little bit. COVID, I think it was around that, yeah. So, makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. But, uh... Yeah, man. Um, oh, one more thing for you guys. If you like stardom and you haven't watched, uh, Kyrie's going to be wrestling soon. Also, I really recommend Starlight Kid versus uh, Ozmi. Look that match up and go that. watch that. Um, that was so good. Um, the the Saikon Tiny match wasn't as good. It was a little botchy, the next one. But that first um, the Starlight Kid match was great. High-speed championship. So another thing that people can go watch. We will be back here in a couple weeks. We will... Uh, we have some new subjects we want to talk about. We won't spoil it now. We'll talk about revolution for a little bit and whatever's in the news at that time. So, say so you want a revolution? Yeah, they do. They want. Well, you know, what song is that I again? Want to change the world. The Beatles, right? Say you want a revolution, revolution. <laughs> right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Sorry, I haven't seen um, the Beatles documentary yet, so I'm out of touch. Um, okay. I haven't either. Well, unless there's anything else you have to say, Justin. I have nothing to say to you people. Whoa. Then we are going to get out of here, guys. Thank you for listening to Wrestling And. And we will talk to you all later. Peace. <laughs>